The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. This is Danhausen's very nice, very evil introduction to you, the Fanhausen's, who are listening to the Rough House podcast. And if you do not, well, guess what? Danhausen has a special message for you. And so does uh, Christoph and Marty Housing. Guess what it is? That's right. Up yours. Listen to the podcast or up yours. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode 228. Nowhere near as story-related as 227 <laughs> last week. I was, I was trying to think of something uh, clever with 228, and, uh, I mean, 2 is so it's February 28th. That's uh, the, the number of days in a normal February. <laughs> That's, that's what I got today. That's what uh, I'm bringing to the table. Uh, Cal- uh, I'm Calendar Man, yeah, and I will you, I will you. stalk you through the long Halloween. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm Marty, and uh, making a stretch there. That's Christoph. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome. Uh, thank you for for joining us once again. Uh, as it's it's been uh, an interesting week to say the least in the world of professional wrestling. Now, the thing that I find particularly interesting is I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you, Chris. I I think we may not even dig into WWE at all this week. Uh, there, there's some things that happened. Shocked. Ava Marie's Scandal. back. Uh, uh, Jimmy Uso's back. Uh, Daniel Bryan's contract is up. Yeah, Jimmy Uso's been gone for a little bit. Um, oh. uh, but Daniel Bryan's contract is, is, is officially up. Yeah. Uh, there are new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. But um, look, let's, let, let's just dig into what I, I, I think is clearly the biggest story of the week. Something that had been promised for quite a while. Finally got paid off this week. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if you've been listening to this show for any period of time, you had to know that this was going to be a number one with a bullet this week. I had as... forgotten about it until you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> as it was revealed at the end of this week's episode of MLW Fusion. Yeah. Uh, the season finale of Major League Wrestling's program uh, that the uh, that El Jefe of Azteca Underground was sure enough Dario Cueto of Lucha Underground fame. Yeah. Now clearly, this is the non-union Ecuadorian equivalent. I don't know. <laughs> I guess you have to go down Costa Rica. I don't know what the next step down from from that is. I'm not great with my Central American geography. I apologize. Um, but yeah, it's 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 exciting. Clearly, uh, for me, someone who fawned over Lucha Underground for the four four seasons it was on, despite even though the less we talk about season four, the better. Um, but it's not the same. Uh, yeah, but we don't also don't know what exactly it's going to be. No, we, we, we really don't. I mean, uh, one thing we do know, thanks to the fine folks at PWInsider.com, is he will not be able to use the name Dario right. Cueto uh, 
uh, presumably because of the whole AAA, AAA USA lawsuit and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. He'll be Caesar Dur- uh, Duran. Am I saying that right? Caesar probably Duran? Cesar Duran, maybe. I don't uh, know. Perhaps. I don't know. Probably um, Cesar, probably not Caesar. Yeah. Because, you know, he's not oh, making yeah, pizzas yeah, yeah, or that's true. Rome. That's, that's uh, true. Cesar Duran uh, <laughs> will, will be his name. And apparently there will be a storyline explanation of the name change. I'm guessing he faked his death or something like sure. that. Sure. That, that's the most likely uh, scenario. Um, because if you remember at the end of season three, Dario Cueto was, was, uh, un- was ceremoniously killed off mm-hmm. at the end. And uh, Papa Cueto, his father, which was the same actor in a ridiculous wig and accent, uh, took over control of the temple in season four. Again, the less we say about season four, the better. Um, <laughs> You mean there was you don't want to talk about Lucha Underground champion Jake Hager? I never want to talk about Jake Hager. <laughs> Am I incorrect, or is he technically still the current Lucha Underground? Yes. Although I guess, uh, God, who did he drop? A, he dropped a fall first to Dustin, didn't he? Uh, Dustin, which Dustin? Dustin Rhodes. In Lucha Underground? No, 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 no. I'm I'm thinking if if you oh, oh, if you oh, go off oh. of the lineage of. This man was Lucha Underground champion. Who has he dropped a fall to subsequently? Oh. And that's you yeah. talking about like a year and a half AEW. I don't remember all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Probably uh, you're probably right. I, I, I believe that was the match at uh, at uh, Revolution, and I think Dustin won that one. Unless I'm yeah, incorrect, I'm and um, pretty sure he beat him because that was like his wife was out there. Yeah, and, and, and Dustin all that kissed her and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, which was troublesome, and you know, because yeah, if it's not him, things. it's Mox, which then means technically the Lucha Underground champion is Kenny Omega, which I think is, <laughs> yeah, really just throw that great. belt on him. I'm sure yeah. you know, I'm sure Cage. Oh no, Cage was never Lucha Underground champ. Uh, Marty the Moth Martinez, former Lucha Underground champ, now working yeah. AEW Dark. He has a replica or a version of it because he let me hold it at WrestleCon and <laughs> examine it and you know drool over it a little bit. Um, so you know. There we go. Um, so yeah, Jake H- Jake Strong, as he was known in uh, in the temple or the Ice Temple, the newer temple uh, in season four. Yeah, he was the last champion because if I recall correctly, boy, I think Pentagon beat Marty and then Hager beat Penta. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. And then, that's right. I, I remember now. I remember the internet being very angry about this. Yeah, and then Australian Suicide showed up. Because he was going to be the next big thing for for Penta, that was the big tease, uh, which clearly never happened. Uh, and I've never heard anything like, is that guy still wrestling? Is he? I don't even know anything about uh, that. I think he's like a, yeah. he's probably a AAA guy because that was the uh, the thing going on there. But I feel like there was a lot of buzz around that guy at one point, Australian Suicide, and then uh, heard have heard nothing since. Um, he uh, he has been working AAA, uh, but also. He uh, worked uh, a match in AEW in January as El Australiano, <laughs> teaming with Casey Navarro, losing against the Dark Order of Alex Reynolds and huh. Matt Silver. Okay, that totally flew under the radar. So yeah, the yeah. buzz has definitely died down around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a, a, a dark spot. Yeah. So, okay. So to circle back, we've got Dario. 
Dario or um, uh, Cesar. So uh, that's going to take some getting used to. Yeah. Um, You can call him Dario. Fuck it. Yeah, I know. Everybody (laughs) everybody knows. So he showed up at the end of Fusion, uh, you know, and it was shot cinematically. So it kind of had the same aesthetic as the Lucha Underground back behind the scenes sorts of things did. Uh, He had the the Red Bull on his desk. Like, it's clearly the same person. Right. And and they Um, shot it in Los Angeles, according to to the the inside scoops that – you right, know, when Cider was dropping, it was shot in Los Angeles. It was uh, there was they even had like the Boyle Heights header on there it. to yeah. show you where they were and the the drone shots and all that sort of stuff. It didn't look right. like the obviously the same office or or whatever. It was a different kind of office made to look as similar to what he had in the past because it's not like I freeze frame and tried and zoom in on everything to figure out all the details. Um, <laughs> but no, it sure looked like he had some new goon. Was it? Did it kind of look like a clown mask to you? If I'm recalling correctly, uh, sort of, kind of uh, clown-ish. Not yeah. like, not legit, like you know, psycho clown or whatever. But it looked clown-esque, like a like early, like the Joker masks in the beginning of a uh, of right. Dark Knight, right, but right, not right, as right. not as nice. Yeah. So it looks like Selena De La Renta is gone. Yes, uh, she her her MLW deal ended. Okay, so, so she's completely out of the mix, which All I right. find very interesting because she was someone who they've basically built MLW around. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what the deal is there, uh, but yeah, yeah, Dario is is going to be a part of things. Dar- uh, basically, MLW is doing a taping July 10th in Philadelphia yep. at the 2300 Arena. It is supposed yep. to be the beginning of the new season of MLW, and Dario will be there live and in person. And so will Kristoff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to, fully vax now, baby. Yeah, let's, say, let's we'll, go. We'll, we'll have to see if we can figure that out. Um, I I believe actually red tickets moved pretty briskly for that, so I don't I don't even know if tickets are available. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but I I think also sure. they're they're playing out the capacity based off of you know Pennsylvania state regulations at the time, right. so it may be that capacity opens up as we get closer to the event. Right. But right. Long story short, um, you know MLW tapings in uh, in uh, July. Uh, and we're going to see the beginning of Azteca Underground, whatever form it may take. Yeah. Um, so, so. so we've got we got two. We got we got Dario slash Cesar and we got Mil Muertes. Yes. So that's uh, that's a start. And as we talked about over the past couple of weeks, as this was rumored, there's not a lot of the other old guys available. Um, right. Plus, a lot of those guys like the Luchadors and stuff like that were triple H. So they're not going to have any involvement here. So it's going to probably going to be a whole new cast of characters. Um, and they'll probably, you know, because I think Mil Muertes was kind of aligned with the. La Parca clan, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, yeah, the, the, the the Parcas, the LA yeah. Park and uh, El Hijo del Park. Um, Aren't there three of them? Uh, yeah, I think you, you know what. I think you're right. I think there is a third, and I can't remember what the third one is. Yeah, it might literally be called like another. La Parca Two. Yeah, <laughs> some variation of that. Yeah, it's hilarious how they get around trademarks and shit like that. Uh, but yeah, so very exciting for me um, and for other people. But you know, this is my podcast. Our yes. podcast, yes. and uh, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the the Patreon money continues to go to Christoph. <laughs> just cheers just to saying. you. If you if you want an extra reason to donate, know that I don't see a dime of it. Uh, but hey, folks, uh, that wasn't the only big news this week. Talk about a company that has had an absolute week in the news. It is. friends at new japan pro wrestling uh let's call it the best of times and 
the blurst of time. Yes. Uh, (laughs) High highs and low lows for New Japan this week. Very Uh, much. I mean, we are on the precipice of the IWGP US title being defended on TNT. First New Japan title defense on TNT in at least 20 years, uh, as it's going to be John Moxley defending the US title against Yuji Nagata. They had a hell of a match on Friday night on New Japan Strong. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, it's it's very good. Uh, Ren Narita okay. and uh, Yuji Nagata against Chris Dickinson and John Moxley. Very very good match. Um, absolutely made you want to see Nagata versus Mox. As did okay. the video package on Dynamite, which I'm sure yes. we will talk about when we get there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So big moment for them in that regard. And then this week happened. Yeah. So we had uh, both nights of the wrestling Taku show. Uh, on Monday and Tuesday, Monday was headlined by the never open weight title match, uh, as, um, as Tanahashi defended against Jay White, Jay White, I will say unsurprisingly beating the ace and becoming the new never open weight champion. Very interesting promo post match as Jay White talked about there being other belt collectors in the wrestling industry. Yeah. And uh how how he wanted to prove he is the best belt collector. Well. Uh so uh <laughs> we'll we'll have to see if he can be the best belt collector, belt collector and best belt machine at the same time. We'll see if uh-huh. that works out. Um what did you think of Tana and Jay White? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch it yet? Okay. <laughs> I didn't get All it. Right. In, All right. Now, it, I, see, so, okay. I like I like Tana, and yeah. I like Jay White, but I heard this was like 40 minutes long. It was, but I'm going to go ahead and just remind you that we're about to talk about another match that was 40 minutes long. Yeah, but my like of Tana <laughs> and Jay White isn't to the level of my like of Shingo and, to a lesser extent, Osprey. Okay, fair point, fair point. Um, I, I will say it has the same uh, time Skeleton. displacement ability yeah. of any good New Japan match where you go, holy shit, how is this that long? Like, legitimately, when I was watching... Um, because uh, I caught up on Shingo versus Will Ospreay last night. Yeah. I was stunned that that was a 45-minute match. I know. Did not know. feel like it in the least. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, uh, Jay White winning the Never Openweight Championship. And then overnight, some rough news came out as two members of the New Japan roster tested positive for COVID. They did not specify who but they did say that a number of talents were going to be taken off of the next night's wrestling Duntaku show. So that took away the entire IWGP junior tag team title match of showing Yo mm-hmm. defending against uh, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. That was totally pulled off the show. I thought it was a, a, a junior title match. It was Despy and Yo. For night two. Oh, you know Wasn't what? Maybe, maybe you're correct. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm incorrect, but nevertheless, I, th- I think that, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, that's I, what I thought it was. it was a rematch for the, the junior tag belts. My bad. Anyway, uh, you slice it. Uh, that pulled basically the, the, the other anchor match right. for Dantaku off. There were a number of talents pulled off the show, including Kazuchiko Okada, including Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. So definite lack of star power. And it got cut down to a five match show. Yeah, like when I loaded the show, it was like two hours long. I was like, oh, okay, all right. Or it was something like that. Not yeah, yeah, it, 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 it was not. Sh- way shorter than I expected it to be. Right. Granted, Especially knowing you had a 45-minute main event to, to, to watch on there. <laughs> I still skipped the prelims and just watched the main, <laughs> but still. <laughs> but 
sure enough, Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay, uh, this is their third major match. Right. As uh, they had the 2019 Best of Super Junior Finals, they had the New Japan Cup Finals this year, and this was their first throwdown for the IWGP World Heavyweight title proper. Um, they went out and had what is easily, so far, the 2021 match of the year, if not one of the greatest matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. And they did it in a pandemic. They did yeah. it without proper cheering and it was unbelievable. I, I, I it, it does not go, uh, it is not very easy for me to very quickly say that this is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen, but it is. It, it, yeah, you don't often buy into the hype and hyperbole like this. I'm, I'm yeah. shocked to hear you uh, go. I mean, it's a fucking amazing match. I'm not yeah. that shocked, but yeah, I, 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 I usually it's jarring to hear you. Speak I, I like temper this. a bit. I tend yeah, to you temper do. a bit because, you know, I, I also recognize how often great things in, in pro wrestling kind of get played out and, and yeah. how often, you know, um, like I to this day, do I love the Omega Okada matches? Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think theirs is a series where it got better as it went along. So mm-hmm. basically, like the the quality of the earlier matches has been outshone. I don't know that Osprey and Shingo will be able to recapture this lightning in a bottle. Because yeah. this felt like a scenario of they probably had one match planned and they yeah. realized we need to carry this show on our shoulders. I don't mm-hmm. think they were planning for 45 minutes. I don't think that was the original idea. But I think New Japan management, whether it was uh, Gato or somebody else, said, hey, make the show special. An extra 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and by God, did they ever. Um, I, I, I don't want to spoil too many spots for the, the people listening at home who haven't watched it. I'm going to tell you right now, 100% worth your 999 yen, uh, to, to sign up on new Japan world just to watch this match. Yeah. But, um, it, it, it has a, a bit of everything, uh, incredible brawling, incredible striking, beautiful high flying from Osprey, uh, and one spot from Shingo that I did not see coming. Yeah, well, neither uh, did Will Ospreay. <laughs> fair point. <laughs> fair point. Uh, had uh, one of the craziest table spots I've ever seen. Oh my uh, god! Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and just the pure heart and and adrenaline of New Japan Strong Style played out to arguably its modern peak. I mean this this was unbelievable. Uh, one spot though that I absolutely need to call out is there's a moment in the match, maybe about halfway through, where Shingo catches a kick from uh, from Osprey and then just yeets Osprey into the sky. Yeah. And yeah, Osprey literally like 450s in midair onto the mat. Yep. <laughs> like yep. I, I was watching this alone in my house, cackling yeah. with joy. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of those moments. And, you know, Again, I'm hella biased towards Shingo, but yes. when I watch his matches, he's just one of those guys that will pull out a crazy power move out of nowhere or, you know, uh, a crazy counter that you haven't seen before for yeah. as many of 
Shingo's matches that I've seen over the past couple years, the fact that he's still busting out things that uh, I've yet to see, maybe they were from his old uh, Dragon Gate days or nowhere, wherever the hell he was, um, or both. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. You know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> you know, the fact that his his playbook is so deep. Um, oh, and... even, even him pulling out some stuff that isn't even his. He, yeah. he, he pulled out one spot that was not his, and I... I about fell out my chair because uh, yeah. it he was that beautiful. Yes. Um, he's, he's just, you know, I had a similar, uh, you know, and again, my, ta- my running tally of uh, matches of the year, it, it's about uh one third sh- full of Shingo because he, he's already had the Jeff Cobb match at yes. Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. And he had the never defense against Tana, which was an instant classic in itself. Right. And I didn't think, you know, at the, the first match with Osprey at the end of the New Japan Cup was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it, you know, was as good as the Tana a match but it was still really really good those those they're osprey and shingo are just kind of perfectly suited for each other they're kind of it's kind of a a batman joker situation yeah. where you know they they kind of complete each other in in, right, right. in, they, in they, a they, weird they are, sort of wrestling way they are perfect generational rivals much yeah. like a a tana and okada uh, even though that's split generation, but but you get what I'm saying, or yeah. uh, an Ishii and a Shibata, or yes. uh, an Ibushi and Omega, two guys who come up of a similar era and have such an indelible, remarkable chemistry. Uh, I, I it, it, it is difficult to put into words yeah. just how well they they make the other one look. Uh, which, you know, when you think about it, is kind of a core of, of pro wrestling storytelling, not just, you know, going out there and having a good match, but making your opponent look as strong as possible. Uh, I even having known the results, I bit near near falls for yeah. Shingo. Uh, you know, I I goddamn like the, the minute they pull the trigger on him is going oh. to be massive. At this point, it's are they going to? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I, a, I, I do, I do get a little worried here. that he's in Goto land where. Uh, you will only end up a world champion by default, not by yeah. through your own efforts. Well, they are the two greatest words in the English language, default. Sure. Uh, but another thing about this match that I really, really enjoyed is there were comparisons to with Osprey winning the title to the evil run of last year. Right. Um, sort of thing. And I am very happy that they've not taken the same route in terms of the interference. Yeah, they could uh, have. Been, they they very well could have. I mean, Cobb and Okan were out there. The, yeah. And Hanare, all three of them were out there yeah. for the whole match. Um, and they did not lay a finger on Shingo the whole no. time, Osprey, which is just Osprey so refreshing. In the beginning of the match, he yelled at Shingo, don't worry about them. They're not getting involved. And I, I thought well, that was a nice yeah. little, I mean, yeah, Still. he's a heel, so I'm not supposed to believe, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I believe thought that, that was a nice little touch that, yeah, that Osprey wanted this to be between them that, but again, it kind of, it kind of leads to that, that Joker Batman dynamic that, you know, no, 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 the henchmen don't get to touch you. You're mine. Right. Sort of right, thing. Right. Uh, Cause you know, he Osprey, despite all of his accolades and accomplishments, still has a lot to prove. Oh, yeah. uh, this was what his sec first de- first defense, right? 
Or uh, second. His first defense. It was his, his first, first defense. defense. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So, you know, winning the title is a big coup. And then, you know, a lot of people will lose it in, or some people will lose it in their first defense or <laughs> second defense. Yeah, or something usually like if you are a, a Gaijin like Osprey is, yeah. you drop in first defense and that's kind of it. Right. Um, so that yeah. goes to show uh, just how <clears throat> much stock osprey has how much you know management and gato you know really put the faith in him to carry you know it, it, it's it's a ballsy move to put their new title mm-hmm. on uh, uh you know a gaijin a non uh an out of out of uh country wrestler yeah. you know a non-japanese wrestler in a fucking pandemic yeah um i mean when you think about it the three top titles are all held by foreigners right now because you have uh, yeah. Osprey with the world title, you have White with the never open weight, and you have Gorillas of Destiny with the tag. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Damn. So just kind just of kind crazy. of interesting. I mean, I, I recognize New Japan's been making a, a big worldwide push, but it, it, it definitely sure. um, sort of comes to fruition in what we're seeing as a, the current lineup of champions. But, you know, th- this really was one of those situations where – the cards were stacked against them, um, whether it was trying to have, you know, a classic pro wrestling match in uh, a pandemic where you have this reduced crowd reaction. Yeah. Uh, by the nature of, of the, the different, um, the, you know, the different principalities saying what they can and cannot do and, and, yeah. and so on. Uh, and just sort of the difficulty of what has been a down two year period of new Japan pro wrestling, trying to muster some excitement around that because, you know, to be perfectly frank, you, you laid it out there. You said, Oh, I didn't watch any of the undercard. There's nothing worth watching right now. Like, <laughs> like there, the, the only reason why I keep my subscription right now is because of the stuff that's going on top of card. There's yeah. nothing truly interesting happening beneath it. And you can argue that's because of, lack of availability of foreigners you can argue it's because of lack of crowd response or any number of different things it's just it's it's a uh, a sterile period for new japan pro wrestling and i think part of that you know is uh, you know it's the same deck of cards just being shuffled in different ways you right. know there's there's not uh there's not new blood uh, that that's making any kind of fresh, you know, you've had a couple of returns, uh, and, and that sort of thing for a, a relatively fresh match that you haven't seen in the past, you know, six months. And that's the newest thing that, that they could give you at this point. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, you, it, and I hate to compare it to WWE. Um, but when you have a company like AEW, which we'll get to, um, but when you have a company like AEW going out every week uh, and advancing stories from the bottom to the top of the card yeah. throughout and and having interesting matchups. And granted, AEW has the benefit of not, you know, having been around for decades and, and, and whatever. But, you know, the talent that they have, not all of them have been around that long. But a, a lot of them, a lot of New Japan's roster are just stalwarts that have been there for some some time now. Right. So, it's tough to get that fresh feel when you're just, you know, playing with the same action figures over and over. Um, yeah, you know, you, yeah, sh- you can swap titles or whatever, but no, it's just no, it's nothing just is, is spicing it up. There, yeah. there, there is. Master Wado didn't do it, guys. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Um, 
Uh, and Great Okan ain't that dude either, nor is uh, Fred Hanare or whatever his real name is. Uh, it's it's not yeah. really setting the world on fire. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 a weird transitionary period. But in this moment, for 45 minutes, yes. New Japan Pro Wrestling proved that they can be home to the greatest pro wrestling in the world. Full stop. Period. Yeah. Yeah. No arguments. And then the next day, it was announced that the state of emergency in Japan was being extended. Yeah. And in turn... The two Wrestle Grand Slam shows, the the Yokohama Baseball Stadium and the Tokyo Dome shows, were going to be indefinitely postponed due to this state of emergency. So they've been spiking in new cases. Yes, and they have a whopping two point two percent of their population vaccinated right now. Really? Yeah, uh, it's 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 I, I I by no means claim to have an expert's thought on this, but uh, you know huh. I, I've I've read some analysis about what's going on in Japan because they were really one of the countries leading the way in the beginning yeah. of the pandemic, but now that there is a uh, a vaccine because of issues with prior vaccines in the country to the point where like the the um, I forget the name of the basically. Uh, uh, the country's medical organization. Uh, okay. Uh, similar Their to CDC, CDC here. Yeah, 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 their version yeah. of the CDC. Um, they were sued because of a botched rollout of vaccinations in the past. So there is an, an ingrained distrust in the Japanese populace of vaccines, especially those of which are developed and produced overseas. So there is this hmm. lack of acceptance by the Japanese populace for the current batch of vaccines. Wow. So, I mean, have, has, has New Japan mentioned that they've had all their uh, performers vaccinated or not? Um, but it sounds like they haven't uh, because uh, as, as uh, we'll get like to, you just said, uh, they, okay. they recently spelled right. out what their, their coverage of, of things are and vaccination was not mentioned as part of it. Yeah, um, that's mm. yeah. Basically, they're 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 sort of keeping it on the individual, which to a degree has worked. But we're seeing cases spike because of new variants and people becoming right. a little more lackadaisical and all these different things. So they're locking the country back down. So the the two Oof. baseball stadium shows kicked down the the road, and they weren't even going to be anywhere near as big as they were hoping for anyway, because they were being limited to five thousand people. Right. In each stadium. So there goes, you know, the saving grace that those shows were supposed to be. Right. And then in the wee hours of this morning, it was announced that seven more talents have tested positive for COVID-19. So that was seven more. I thought it was seven total. Seven more, according to uh, Alvarez and Meltzer this morning. Uh, seven more taking us to a total of nine talents in New Japan with COVID-19 would not be shocked to discover that uh, it's it's some of the people who were pulled off of the show on Wednesday. Sure, yeah. Um, but really just an absolute kick in the pants of the week for New Japan to, to have this moment where it's like, you know, when when darkness came, they needed these guys to step up and prove yeah. what New Japan Pro Wrestling could be. They went out there. They did. But 
you know, you can't stop wow. this virus. You can't stop, you know, well, reasonable government. Help. Well, yeah, the reasonable <laughs> government regulations against them. So uh, definitely a bummer. Um, let me pull up what their current breakdown of uh, precautions are, because it was part of the press release from New Japan. Um, da, 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 da. It's kind of crazy to me that they haven't, you know, made their competitors get vaccinated. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling has a strictly implemented COVID-19 policy drawn up under expert advice and guidance. This includes daily temperature and blood oxygen saturation checks, as well as regular PCR testing. All attendees are temperature screened on entry to venues. Masks are required during training and backstage and packaged food is provided in order to limit unnecessary movement outside. However, we take these developments uh, extremely seriously and are working to further strengthen our COVID-19 countermeasures in the future. Uh, I would go ahead and say that maybe getting shots in the arm would yeah. be the next big move. But I mean, even WWE isn't getting their talent vaccinated. WWE talent has to fucking go to CVS like the rest of us. Which, again, mind boggling. Yeah, uh, I, I don't really get it myself, but. It is what it is. It's a serious bummer. All of the main shows are canceled. So we won't see or hear anything from New Japan until presumably Dominion on June 6th. But I guess that requires a state of emergency to be lifted, too. Where is that usually? Uh, Dominion's normally in Osaka. Osaka. Yeah. Yeah. Osaka Joe Hall, I guess. Yeah. But this is just across Japan. They have the state of emergency. So what are you doing there? Yeah, that's a that that's a that's a hell of a bummer because I know that they you know were hoping that these stadium shows would uh, be a big financial windfall for them, sell a bunch of tickets, recoup some money, um, and then of course you know also just to pr- provide a sense of normalcy and hey things are back you know wrestling's yeah. back it's a yeah. big thing and uh, blah, blah. yeah it sucks it's a that's a that's a big bummer um, I hope that well first of all I hope nobody gets you know seriously ill same from from the infections it, it, it sounded like the the majority from again from that same press release i just was reading from it sounds like the majority of them were asymptomatic so okay um i i guess that's a positive i don't know i mean you hear these stories about long-haul covid and, and that sort of thing yeah Who well the luckily they're professional athletes so their bodies are in better shape than mine or yours. Yes. Uh, but even in that, you know, there's, still, there's, they have a better shot. A they better they have chance. a better shot. But even in that, you know, there, there are sure. the stories of, you know, college athletes talking about yeah. how, you know, they've dealt with it for the past year and their yeah. lung capacity isn't what it was. Got and their wind. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to say. And it's, it's just a serious bummer, but, uh, it, it's funny to say as new Japan pro wrestling shuts down events, let's go ahead and jump to the other side of the country as, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but based off of Daly's Place hosting a live concert a few weekends back with full capacity and zero cases of COVID coming from it, AEW has announced that they will be running with full capacity on Memorial Day weekend for Double or Nothing at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. There will be three days of events. Friday night will be home to a house show and an AEW uh, dark uh, elevation taping uh, on Saturday. It will be a fan fest. And then Sunday will be the double or nothing pay-per-view again, full capacity for all three shows. We're looking at like four or 5,000 people 
at, at, at these shows in theory um, because they didn't hit the number they were hoping for for Blood and Guts. So I don't know what's going to happen with Double or Nothing. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's very weird to talk about how, oh, these shows are shutting down completely and these are opening up completely. Yes, I know yeah. AEW's in Florida. Right. Uh, but I also know we're looking at something like 46% of the population here having first shots, about yeah. 33 having both. So I guess it's a better idea here. I mean, on paper, better than New Japan. I still wouldn't say those numbers are are, are where uh, ideally you'd like to no. be. No, no, not at all. Um, and I don't think I would be ready for that personally. I yeah. don't think I would be ready uh, to, to be nuts to butts in a venue. With, yeah, uh, I, I need those numbers to go up a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, like. Look, I was start telling me we're at like 60 percent. I'm feeling a little bit better, you know? Right. I mean, I was, you know, we made our first trip back to the theater uh, this this week. Uh, The wife and I went um, uh, to see Scott Pilgrim on the big screen again because he's doing the the 10 year thing. I didn't read the fine print. Thought it was Dolby. That was just last week. It was just in a regular, uh, regular thing, which. Uh, I got a little snippy with the with the uh, with the attendant uh, at the AMC White Marsh. Apologize to that guy, um, but you know we looked to see you know because they're the recliner seats, so you get to pick your seats, right? And you know we looked to see how many tickets had been sold like a couple hours prior to the show before we bought them, and like there was just one other ticket sold in the whole yeah, theater. Yeah. So, you know, we picked some other seats and, uh, we were far away and they make you keep your mask on the whole time. I was still a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I remember right, it's something when, when you pick out seats, they block, they block out off. X number of seats around right. and, and then that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, I didn't run into any issues aside from it, not being the, aside from being disappointed, it wasn't in Dolby. Yeah. Uh, but you know, still seeing my favorite movie on on the big screen and loud and and uh, you know, still still elicits some some strong responses. Uh, but that was you know just going to see a movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, and I think AEW is is banking on people traveling. It's Memorial right. Day weekend, right? Uh, so most people are off the next day, so they're expecting people to come in from out of town for this. Maybe spend the weekend, do the fan fest sort of situation. Also, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're ready for fan fests yet. That's that's yeah, a big that, red that definitely to me. feels a little a little squicky, a little uh, not great. Um, I, I mean, I know MCW did a signing last night. Zack Ryder was there, mm-hmm. and, and and a couple other people. Yeah. But that's a, and no offense to MCW, but that's a much smaller scale than oh, yeah. no, what they're, AEW they're going to is have, planning to do here. They're going to have in a perfect full capacity world, which it wasn't. You know, it was. Right. I mean, state regulations wouldn't allow them to do so. But you know, they'd have fifteen hundred, two thousand people, maybe. Like I, I think that's the max that the MCW arena holds. Uh, I'm, I know that there are people listening who can very much correct that. Yeah. Uh, please feel free sure to do so uh, at Scented Cruise on t- on Twitter. Just let them know. Yeah. Um, also let them know he's a fucking cuck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it's a very different animal, and I, yeah, I, I don't feel super comfortable with it. But again, Wednesday night. May 5th, this past week, was the big Blood and Guts event, headlined by not quite, but it it, it was 
it was the big throwdown between the inner circle and uh, the pinnacle. They mm-hmm. were hoping for 2,500 people live at Daly's place. They got 1,600, which was still the biggest crowd they've had since COVID. Right. But and, well, that's, okay. a, that, that's a big 900 away. <laughs> It is. It is. So, yeah, that, that leads me to believe that, you know, our, our fears and worries about packing 5,000 people in there might not be, you know, uh, might not come to fruition because it might be tough, you know, yeah. even in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, plus the other thing is there's got to be local burnout at this point. Oh, 100%. because, you know, you're running with the same, uh, you know, people kind of. You know, NXT had an advantage when they were doing full sale. Sure, it was mostly the same people every time, but it was yeah. only a couple hundred people. Exactly. Um, but going, you know, if I were living in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. would I be going to weekly or biweekly AEW shows and tapings and stuff like that? Or would I, you know, do I, one- I think I would pick and choose them. Would, yeah, would be where I sit, not just between the monetary side of it, but also because of my own interest. And depending on right. where I live in Florida, you know, the, the, the drive and so on. Like, right, right, right. Um, you know, they were talking this morning on Wrestling Observer Radio about uh, how tickets really aren't moving for this week. I think this week is an absolutely packed card. But yeah. everybody decided they want to see Blood and Guts, which is funny because it was for them a one match show. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it. You, you do risk burning out a region, especially because they've been stuck there for a year and a half. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, not, not really the the best best case scenario for drawing big, but who knows? Maybe double or nothing will end up being a big to do. And there was some pretty big uh, things in the mix for double or nothing on this week's episode of dynamite dynamite kicked off with a parental discretion advised message. Hell yeah. Yeah. If there's anything that's going to get wrestling nerds excited is the fact that they're about to see something that probably their parents wouldn't be happy about. I mean, the show is called blood and guts. So, (laughs) I mean, it kind of goes without saying, but uh, I get that they have to put that up there. Strong TV 14, probably, you know, yeah, I'd say TV 14. I don't think it was rated higher than that, was it? No, this no, next it one TV up is 14, M. it just, it, it had the parental discretion advice yeah. because of uh, the eminent bloodletting. Uh, yes. And there was some, which we will dig yeah. into, but the first few matches were actually pre-taped apparently two weeks ago. They set up the whole blood and guts uh, entryway, double ring, and that sort of thing for these tapings. That's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they, they knocked I, it out on the day of the last dynamite taping. I get it. I guess. Um, I, I will say kudos to them because I couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was very it was very well done. What they ended up doing was they mixed the live crowd audio. Yes, with smart the, with the show as as it was airing, but uh, kicked off with John Moxley, Eddie Kingston against Kenny Omega and MT Nakazawa. Found out why he's called MT Nakazawa. Okay, he's not a mountain. He's not a mountain. Okay, he's, is he the postal abbreviation for Montana? Uh, unfortunately, not that either. Okay, it's, it's right. a QT. It's a QT Marshall joke. Okay, so because QT is. Uh, Cody's boy, and he's always working backstage with his headset on. Oh, 
Yeah. That's why he's uh, man. MP'd that's lame. It's super that's fr- lame. That's fucking lame, guys. <laughs> it's super lame. So uh, Nakazawa cut a uh, uh, he didn't cut a promo. Don Callis cut a promo yeah. for Nakazawa. <laughs> please saying, please give me a Nakazawa promo. Uh, N- Nakazawa was was in rare form on this show, uh, as as we will talk about as it pissed off uh, one uh, Dudley comma Bubba Ray. Um, yeah. oh, what doesn't? Fuck that guy so hard. Uh, but yeah, Don Callis cut a promo saying Omega wasn't there. The, the commentator said that was bullshit from the jump, which I oh, yeah. was very entertained by. Kingston and Moxley came out, quote unquote, from the crowd. Omega attacks them as they are coming to the ring. And uh, it's basically just a, a crazy brawl where uh, Nakazawa got the shit kicked out of him by both Kingston and Moxley. Yeah, I don't I don't know how many more of those uh, half and halves he can take on his neck because that was <laughs> that was uh, that was cervically terrible. Yes. Uh, so um, Kingston and Moxley end up winning after the match. Here come the good brothers and the young bucks in their best 1996 NWO click outfits. Uh, the, the hats are equally cringy and amazing, I have to say. Yeah, I mean some some of the stuff is clearly like you said NWO uh inspired homage cosplay, uh, you know, it borders on it borders on cringe to funny. Yeah. And it's kind of hit or miss with it. Uh I I don't know. It, it's I know it's meant to be obnoxious, but it's not like heat inducing obnoxious. It's <laughs> it's more like annoying obnoxious which yeah, yeah, is yeah. not it, the it, kind it's of it's not making you go like i want to see these guys get beat up you're just kind of like ah these fucking guys it's it's some of it is borderline go away heat at this yes, point I yes no i i totally understand um and then uh you know they beat down uh mox and kingston and it feels like they are really building to mox and kingston against the bucks a double or nothing and that's okay, I guess. I mean, you have a lot of really good actual tag team. I guess they are kind of an actual tag team now. Yeah. But, uh, eh, uh okay. No, 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 no I, 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 I get certainly, it. I certainly get the overall feeling, which I think I've even said on the show. They got to figure out some of Moxley doesn't involve Omega. Like, they, yeah. they got to separate them. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't really done a great job of doing that. But uh, I, I think the match on paper would be very, very good. So long as it's not Mox and Kingston against the Good Brothers, we'll be in a good spot. Yeah, true. And I'm sure we got Fall Guy Eddie Kingston in there for a reason. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure the match will be entertaining if that's what happens. But it's just it's not as exciting as some of the other potential matchups that could be for the totally. Bucks at this point is totally. my slight issue. We had uh, an official announcement that Hikaru Shida will be defending her AEW Women's World Championship against Britt Baker DMD at Double or Nothing. Big live pop for that one. Yes, yes. Very, very telling just to show just how much of a, a talent or talents they have for with both of those women there. Britt Baker just continues to, you know slay everything that's put out in front of her she's she's really you know and as much as i love uh watching sheeta wrestle this has to be the moment for Britt baker i mean if they don't pull the trigger here then 
the fuck are you doing, Tony? Yeah, I mean, look, they they made the storyline about how Sheeta wants to defend her title against a live crowd or in front of a live crowd. Yeah, yes, against all five thousand. Yes, yes people. all five thousand people. Uh, she will drop the belt to COVID. Uh, yeah, no, it, it'll be it'll be it'll be akin to the bride versus the crazy eighty eight. She's, <laughs> she's got a just slices sticks. through the entirety yeah. of Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, uh, I mean, nothing, know, nothing the, uh, of importance really, was lost. Nothing lost, nothing ventured. <laughs> Check that. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think Britt's gonna win it. I, I, yes, yeah, it's, it's well overdone uh, or yeah. well overdue rather. Um, speaking of overdone, uh, yep. we had Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. Um, oh boy. And think pieces come out of the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's go ahead and read that headline off of deadspin.com. Look, I know deadspin is not what deadspin used to be. Cause those guys yeah. all, uh, created their own website, the discourse, which is really, really good, but still it is not great when a mainstream publication like deadspin posts a headline such as this. Cody Rhodes needs to fuck off more than anyone has ever fucked off in the history of fucking off. Uh, I'm sure that guy thought he was really clever with that. <laughs> and that's part of the problem. Yes. So this... the, the, the article definitely does a, a, uh, a bit of fellatio Ouroboros on this guy. He, he definitely just goes to town on himself. And yes. His enjoyment of his dislike of Cody Rhodes. Oh, he's just munching his whole butthole the whole way through yes. here. It is, uh, it's, it's pretty. It's hilariously cringe to read, and then you realize it's not on kayfabe news. This yes. is, <laughs> yes. you know, this would fit in very well on on the kayfabe news, but um, to be on an like you said, an actual sport or yeah, an actual sports um, blog for yeah. you know, sites, of by, note. you know, yeah, yes, of note, uh, of of one's notoriety. Yeah, it's 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 pretty terrible. Um, and. I, all right, so I don't disagree with some of the statements. Yeah, it's the way it was written. It was written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, almost it is, it is a valuable argument argued poorly. Yeah, it's it's basically if the if Doc Gallows character was <laughs> writing something bad about Cody, that's what this would be because <laughs> it's all you know. It, it, it has the mindset of a of a fourteen year old who thinks about nothing but making dick jokes and and saying curse words because they think they're cool. Yes. That's the kind of cringe yes. writing that this was. Yes, but like we said, the points are kind of valid. And as I was watching this match, I kind of felt <laughs> I, I I felt some of those same same thoughts because I mean Cody has just become this he's, he's become everything that he said he hated yes he's become and, triple h and and honestly to a degree if you look back he's becoming his own father dusty never knew when to not push himself dusty never knew when to not turn a storyline into the dusty road show he, he yeah he didn't know how to do that 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 clearly is genetic the but the, Cody is also no Dusty. He's not. He 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 never hit that height. No. And uh, somebody has to tell him that. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, I, I recognize that there's there's definitely some uh, some people can sit there and point and well, you know, he he wrote out his ability to be world champion. Look, he's, he's gonna accomplished be a lot. He, we have AEW partly 
because of Cody. Yeah. 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 I, I, I understand that. Yes. But, and if I've used this analogy on this show before, uh, I apologize, but it, it, it strikes me as the perfect analogy. Cody Rhodes is the pro wrestling version of James Corden. Yeah. Every single thing about the presentation of Cody Rhodes, much like James Corden on his late night show, isn't about necessarily giving a showcase to the other person on the other side. No. It's that reminder of, oh, yes, Cody's a special little boy, too, and you should like him just as well as you like insert person here. He's kind of poochied himself. Yes. Yes. Very much so. And it it is... Very bothersome, especially because, like, this was the first real match between anyone from the factory and Cody Rhodes. And Cody won clean as a fucking whistle. Against the main guy. Yeah. Now, look, I'm a big Anthony Agogo guy. I loved that Agogo came out. I loved that Agogo dropped Cody with one punch. I loved that he draped the UK flag on him. And I loved the shot they had. And, and, a go-go is a Cody project, so Cody's going to make him look good as hell at it, I presume, double or nothing. But it's still just this thing of, oh, God. Yeah, and, you know, the Cody thing is one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is, I cannot give a fuck about QT Marshall. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, it's just, he he does absolutely nothing for me. If he does the storyline point needle. of this was... I'm more than Cody's friend. I sure as shit haven't seen it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he kind of put together, uh, you know, he's kind of a Gideon Graves sort of situation. He kind of put together the League of Evil Exes uh, to fight to fight Cody. And then, you know, Cody comes in with the power of self-indulgence and just <laughs> just destroys him, uh, you know, in, in, in one match on the show. With, of course, you know, with a crimson mask uh, because you can't have a blood and gut show without Cody drawing color. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, apparently that was hard way. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the same way uh, Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton was hard way. You know, point. I need Fair you point. to I need you to hit me as hard as you can in the yeah. face. The sort of situation. Working the boys. Um, what whatever. It, it, yeah. this this and I you know of course the arguments are going to come out. Well, he's you know working to put this whole crew of people over. I was like, okay, then start with one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not that hard. Start with one. Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind remember of remember how he and and look again. I'll give the guy credit where credit's due. Remember how he made Brody Lee in one match? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's all he had That's to great. do. He could do it again. Yeah. He can. He I mean, can get whoa, absolutely no, I, murdered. Well, I wouldn't look, want QT Marshall I, yeah, to squash Cody in the same fair. way Brody Lee did. But but, but. if yeah, imagine if the factory just absolutely murdered him, just absolutely run roughshod yeah. across him. Gang warfare, just everybody, because who's going to come to Cody's aid right now? Yeah. I mean, Lee Johnson? <laughs> yeah, the gun. And where was he? Like, uh, isn't he, was, Ar- Arn was out there. Yeah. But who, what, where was Dustin? Yeah. Where, where, where were the gun? Well, we knew where Austin and Colton gun were, because you can't fucking go 10 minutes without hearing or seeing them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, because I I, 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 I loved I loved 
Cody versus Dustin. I, I loved his stuff with Brody. I loved the build to his match with Jericho. Well, there's a lot of stuff that Cody's done that I've really enjoyed in this company, but God damn it. He makes me hate him more every day. And I think his, um, nostalgia for classic NWA WCW most 90% of the time doesn't fit in with AEW style. Yeah. Uh, and I get that that's his thing and it's an homage to his dad and he grew up watching it and all these sorts of things, but it just, it just doesn't mesh well, yeah. uh, you know, uh, obvious uh, exceptions being the, the Cody match or, um, the, uh, Dustin Cody match, stuff like that, where the old school Tory, the old school storytelling works, the match with Nick Aldis at all in, um, you know, yeah. that in those cases on a big, show platform it kind of works but on a weekly basis the the ridiculous entrance and all this sort of stuff is just it's it's just come on it's also i it's, hate the snoop dog remix of his theme i'm not gonna sit here and say his his theme was good before that but the snoop dog version just is incongruent and weird yeah yeah it doesn't really fit but uh did you have uh cheese it's this week did you no, during this match? no i did not i you actually, ran out? i actually tried to watch this oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. My you should have gone for some Cheez-Its. Alex Marvez was up in the balcony of Daly's place with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Good promo from both guys, including Ethan Page absolutely burying Evolve. And, yeah. Uh, putting over their history. Uh, and here comes Darby Allen out of nowhere attacking them. That was a great, like, you know, random attack, too, yes. by the way. Very, very good. And then Darby Allen got tossed down a flight of stairs. <laughs> Yeah, hilariously so. Um, I mean, good on him for taking that, you know, stunt fall down, down, down the stairs there. That I, you know, if he didn't really hurt his elbow, uh, then congratulations because yeah. that looked like it really fucking hurt. Uh, but I, I really liked this whole beatdown backstage. I mean, Darby climbed a scaffold and yeah, tried a did, coffin drop out there. Drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't, wasn't he getting beat by a shoe at some point or am I imagining? I, I, I believe you're correct. One of their shoes came off and he got, yeah, who throws a shoe? Like, I had really? to beat them to death with their own shoes. Yes. Nasty business. Really? <laughs> <laughs> So Britt Baker uh, squashed Julia Hart. Julia Hart, whose cheerleader gimmick kind of squicked me out a little bit. I, I don't know what about it got me feeling uncomfortable, but something about it's it. Uh, also, not one of those hearts. Just, yes, yeah. you know, spelled Spell, the same way, yeah, but not no same, relation. But not one of those. Yeah. Uh, Taz did his, uh, God, what's the name of his goddamn segment? Uh, oh, his uh, little breakdown of the move yeah, sort yeah. of situation. Yeah, yeah, I don't uh, know. I, I forget what it's called, but I, I, I very much enjoyed it because basically just him burying how bad Christian is at wrestling. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was really cleverly done. I, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I very didn't petty. That. But look at Powerhouse Hobbs. He goes in there, uses his low base of gravity to counter everything that Christian Cage does. It's fucking fantastic. By the way, if you're not following Taz on Twitter, let me tell you, this is one of the most unintentionally funny human beings on life. Uh, he's totally not aware he's totally like oblivious right yeah uh whether he has uh bitched and moaned about school buses he doesn't like school buses he hates basic birds as he described it and uh i think it was yesterday he tweeted about hating himself because he farted and he smells it yeah yeah (laughs) 
it, it's tweets like that, and then he puts over Hook. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of black and white photos of his son. That's what. And he then does. yeah, it's not creepy at all. Uh, and then he'll complain about people stealing his colors. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. orange and black is very unique and yeah, never yeah, uses no, anywhere it's, else. It's totally, it's totally Taz's. Oh, he hates um, the orange. We had a four-way for the number one contendership to the AEW World Tag Team Championship, SCU of Chris Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, the Varsity Blondes of Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr., Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and the acclaimed of Mass Caster and Anthony Bowens. Uh, this was nowhere near as good as I wanted it to be. Uh, I felt like it was too short. It needed a couple more minutes to breathe. Everything seemed rushed about this. And, and was as much Kazarian as I loved... Knox stupid at a point? Because he looked real out of it toward the end. Uh, maybe I wasn't. Uh, I, I didn't catch that, but you may be right. Yeah, I didn't eat. Oh, it, it was it, that he did like a tope or something that he didn't get caught cleanly. I think. Yeah, so something was off about him. As Something was off about him, especially towards the uh, the the end of the match. But uh, very weird. Uh, SCU ends up winning. They get the title shot next week, and I assume the Bucks are retaining, which means uh, goodbye SCU next week. Uh, only thing I want to point out is uh, I really enjoyed Max Caster shouting out Dark Side of the Ring, yeah. uh, uh, making fun of uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, in in his pre match rap. Um, yeah, that Dark Side of the Ring episode, by the way. Hell of a piece of work. Um, two hours. Do they have long. it on their website. Um, I believe they have it, have it on their website, and I know they have at least the first part on YouTube. They might have put the second part okay. up also. Um, right. And if they haven't, I think I saw someone else had. Um, really, really good stuff. Uh, his ex, I mean, his widow, Melanie. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very rough. But I, I will say the overall tone and tenor of things actually made me vaguely respect Brian Pillman Jr. by the end of the show. Because <laughs> you didn't have any of that going into it? No, no. I thought he was just a big, dumb lunkhead. But now I kind of okay. respect him. Okay. Uh, right. We had an absolutely incredible video package for the John Moxley Yuji Nagata uh, US Championship match <laughs> next week. Lots of New Japan footage, lots of Nagata in his prime as as the record setter of IWGP defenses. This felt like the New Japan video crew sent three quarters of the video, and then the last quarter was just Mox cutting a promo. Um, yeah, yeah, it definitely had that that style that they yeah. used to, of their hype videos, which got me hype. It was mission successful. Yes, very much looking forward to that. Then uh, I thought, oh, okay, it's like nine o'clock. Right. We're gonna go ahead and go to Blood and Guts. No, no, it's promo train time. Oh boy. Okay. So yeah, Tony Schiavone in front of the double cage mm-hmm. brings out Omega as they will put over the announcement of what's going to happen with Double or Nothing. Omega makes up or, or makes fun of rather uh, Blood and Guts. Uh, he talks about all the gold he collected. Knocks out there. He's wearing the uh, the Impact titles and the uh, AAA title. Much to bully Ray Chagrin. Yes, um, and Tony Schiavone announced that the two top. Uh, wrestlers in the AEW rankings, Pack and Orange Cassidy will face off next week for the number one contendership. Omega basically looks over Orange Cassidy, says, "Hey, look, Pack beat me to f- beat me before. It'd be only a matter of time before we throw down. Really looking forward to that. We should just do this." Orange Cassidy's not championship material. That, of course, brings out Orange Cassidy, and. Omega kind of rambles way too long, way too fucking long. Like yes. Jesus Christ, dude. 
it was whew, and I you know again I know that the gimmick that the elite is going for is obnoxious yes but just rambling on for so long it, it doesn't accomplish what you want it to it just especially when people are waiting for this big match especially yeah. the people in attendance who have been sitting there watching matches on TV waiting for something live to finally fucking happen yeah it was it, it was long it was OC just stood there like I know he's not one to talk right but he just stood there so that Kenny Omega could take the glasses off of him and, and riff on Ray-Bans for a minute and a half. This was, again, long, self-indulgent, um, not funny, aside from when he said, uh, you kids in your sock hops or <laughs> yes, something like that. Yes, that, that was which very good. I don't know where that came from. Do they still have sock hops in uh, Ontario? <laughs> I guess, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. You know, um, I'm not uh, I'm not Canadian. Yes. But yeah, this this was pretty fucking cringe. I I I I, I kind of want it packed to come out and just kick them both in the face. Yeah. And that would have saved the yeah, segment. That, that would have been. But unfortunately, we fantastic. didn't get that. Yes. Uh, and I guess now it's kind of a foregone thing that's going to be Omega versus OC for the belt at double or nothing. Sure seems that way, although I wouldn't scoff at another Pac Omega match, but there's yeah. been literally nothing to, yeah, to do anything. Happen. And then we had another promo as here comes Miro again talking to Tony Schiavone again in front of the cages. Yeah. Has, uh, but he, this was short and sweet. M- Miro clearly was told cut time, cut time, just be vicious and awesome. And he was. Yeah. Uh, he says he has a contract to face Darby on for the TNT championship. If Darby can't uh, perform, he loses by forfeit. He doesn't want Darby to forfeit. He wants to beat him. And he said, uh, next week, the world will find out what happens when the man who doesn't mind dying faces the man who doesn't mind killing him. Great <laughs> fucking line. It's, uh, it's, it's like so <laughs> it's so stupid, <laughs> yes. but it's so it's so stupid. It's effective. I don't know yes. if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just so basic. Like, OK, yeah, I'm going to murder you. And I kind of hope he does. Not not legit. Not yeah. shoot murder. No, I, I think Miro might win the belt here. Uh, it, yeah. It'll probably be due to some sort of to do with Sky and Page. Well, and I, also his elbow or arm or, or whatever. Shoulder, they are. He's yeah. already injured going into that. I mean, that's been established. Yeah. So yeah. pretty much establishing that is kind of telling you that Miro's going to win here. And Miro should win. I mean, he's a fucking beast. He needs to become that. And Darby is, you know, a child size. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> have him toss him around for a couple minutes. And uh, and there you go. And Put then him in the accolade like, or game over or whatever the fuck he's calling it. Game Mega. over. And then at uh, like 920... We finally got it. Blood and Guts, the pinnacle of MJF, Wardlow, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, and Sean Spears versus the inner circle of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara. Man, Blood and Guts, a.k.a. uh, the wonderful match known as War Games! It's a real easy match to book if you do it the traditional way. Have the faces not have the advantage, have the right. heel seat down the faces, build the, the idea of every single time the faces get the numbers matched up, crowd will go nuts for it, and they absolutely did. Sammy Guevara, Dax Harwood, two perfect guys to kick this off. Sammy absolutely. coming in with something to prove. Dax Harwood proving, goddamn, he's a hell of a singles worker. Yeah. Uh, 
they had uh, a great back and forth. Sean Spears, I think he had a gimmicked chair. Uh, at least that, that's my gut feeling because that was being used for headshots and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but it had his, it had like it was personalized like it had his yeah. logo and everything on it. I mean yeah. as the chairman you should have your own branded chair. I mean yes. I don't like to give Sean Spears any credit for anything but that you know he probably didn't come up with it. Uh but that 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 worked. But this was just a wild awesome match. Dax was the first to bleed unsurprisingly. Sammy bled too but I don't think his was intentional. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think that that happened by accident. Uh, another thing I want to say uh, is I loved the visual storytelling. I mean, you know, the inner circle coming out wearing prisoners garb was a little cringy. But the fact that you had the pinnacle in all white, which, of yeah. course, worked with the blood that was coming from their faces uh-huh. versus the inner circle in all black. It meant it made it so everything was very easy to read in the ring, especially if, you know, the, the fencing was in the way of the camera shot. You right. knew someone from Pinnacle was doing this to someone from Inner Circle. Someone from Inner Circle was getting the advantage on someone from the Pinnacle. It was very clear. I liked that a lot. I feel like camera wise, like they had like one or two guys inside the cage with cameras. Mm-hmm. They had the outside the uh, cage cameras. I feel like they should have been able to have like some GoPros. I guess they you had some on the turnbuckles. Well, yeah, they had, they usually have those in there, but I'm talking yeah. about like at the top of the cage looking down. Ah, uh, you know what? Good call. Good call. I don't know, you know, maybe not a GoPro because I don't think you can do anything live from a GoPro. It just you records can. up to, oh, you can? You can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I haven't used a GoPro in years, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I feel like, you know, a couple extra angles for some of those things couldn't hurt. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it. this was a spot fest as you would expect it to be with those guys in there i mean sammy like you said came out super hot full of fire a lot of crazy uh springboardy moves which he botched one but you know yeah. that's he a one of like 15 that he yeah, did he, d- the- he did like a spanish fly off of the ropes from one ring into the other ring which was jaw-dropping when the spears came onto his rope for that spanish fly Oh, I, th- I thought it was totally off of one. No, because they and... Spears and Sammy both jumped onto their respective uh, ah, ring ropes, that's what it was. held that's onto what it each was. other. And then right before they did the Spanish fly, Spears came over into the other rope. Ah, uh, I, but thought, I thought it was from one to another. My bad. Cheers to the agility on Spears for that, because that's yeah. uh, that, that that was that was a good spot. Uh, Sammy hit a coast to coast on. I forget who. Cash, uh, maybe. I, 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 I think know. you're right. Cash, by the way absolutely leaked in this match yeah he did yeah like there was a there's a moment where they came back from commercial and one corner of the ring looked like a murder scene and then i was like oh that is completely cash wheeler that is yeah only and exclusively cash wheeler apparently (laughs) he stores all that extra blood in his dunk uh (laughs) he got dunk um but yeah the you know it was it was booked pretty well um and you know, uh, Uncle Dave pointed out that uh, doing a match like this on TV has its downfalls because yeah. you miss some things. And if you're watching live, you have the picture in picture that you kind of follow. But if you're watching on a replay like I was and you don't have the benefit of seeing what happened in picture in picture, you kind of miss some uh, some big developments in the match like them escaping the fucking cage. Like yeah. they go to commercial yeah. and they're all in the ring. They come back and Jericho and MJF are climbing to the top of the cage. I'm like, what the fuck? What? How? Yeah, what? yeah, the the Wardlow's entrance was during pitcher and pitcher during a commercial break and Tully uh assaulting uh I think it was Bryce 
mm-hmm. uh, and unlocking the cage door. Uh, that also was during a commercial break. And, you right. know, if you're watching on Fight, um, you know, as as the international folks or those of us with VPNs can do, uh, you know, you got to see everything without any commercial interruption. And, and I hear yeah. the match is much better for it. But um, that definitely hurt it a bit. I know everyone and their brother is, is bitching and moaning about the fin- – not even the finish, the post-match angle. Yeah. So uh, they end up uh, – MJF and Jericho end up brawling on top of the cage. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jericho uh, gets hit with the dynamite diamond ring by MJF. Jericho's busted open. Looks like MJF is going to toss Jericho off the roof. He demanded that if the inner circle didn't surrender, he's throwing Jericho off the top. Sammy's the one who said that they surrender. No one yeah. else, just Sammy, which I think is yeah. going to become a key storyline point. And uh, MJF, even though getting the win, he tossed Jericho off the top anyway, onto what was very clearly a, a crash pad. Sure. I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's a 50-year-old man coming off of a, you know, at that point, I know it's not the full, like, 16-foot whatever. Yeah. Let's call it 10-foot. Like, it's not great. And and everyone on, and their brother on the internet is like, oh, you know, it's so garbage. It was a garbage camera angle, but it was still a nutty angle. And didn't we all get really, really pissed off about Matt Hardy falling down legit onto a concrete floor not that long ago? I mean, well, that was a botch. <laughs> I, yes. I recognize, but it's just—it's so weird that everyone's like, "Oh, it was clearly fake." Well, it's professional I, wrestling, assholes. I don't remember this type of fervor after Shane McMahon jumped off of Hell in a Cell through the announce table. Yeah. Clearly, crash pads under there. Yeah. Uh, granted, the announce table covered it up a little bit better. The issue, you know, I think the had they just covered it with like a big AEW canvas or something like that yeah. and not tried to pass cardboard off as steel. Yeah. That, that was, I think the big issue. Yeah. Cause of course, I mean, honestly, I would have, uh, I don't know. It, it, I don't, I don't know how, how else to do it, uh, to accomplish that safely. Um, but not just don't, don't insult our intelligence. Uh, by saying that you know he got sent through the steel when clearly you can yeah. see because and, and they had other in- camera angles that were a lot better. Like they showed they replays. There yeah. was one like from far away where it just looks like Jericho go- falls off into oblivion, and yeah. like that's a killer shot. Like that should have been you know that'll probably be the shot that they play on Wednesday when right. they recap it. Uh, but there was so much of the discourse. People were like, oh, you know, it's just like the explosion match. It's just a shitty finish. No, it was. Actually, a perfectly fine finish, and the storyline of it is going to be fucking killer because now Sammy Guevara is going to want to murder MJF because right. he's conflicted with himself, and MJF didn't live up to his word. So now Sammy Guevara wants to go full MDK on MJF. Like, well, and also, how does the rest of the inner circle feel about Sammy throwing in oh, the yeah. towel? Does Does Jericho get upset with him? Like, oh, I know I would have been fine. Get upset with him? Does Problem? Pat, yeah, like, you know, is 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 this going to? cause a fracture like there's there's a lot there and they had an absolutely killer shot of mjf posing on top of the cage while booze rained down to go off the air like i i I thought you know they got everything they needed and wanted out of it yeah that the angle used for the live shot of the cage fall could have been better but i thought match was killer 
I thought yeah. storyline was killer. I, I had no complaints. I was shocked to see the capital D discourse on the internet Wednesday well, night. O- over a million people who watched it live also didn't have much of a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number one yeah. show on cable. First time AEW yeah. has reached that. I don't know if they're going to have it next week, but it is a killer lineup next week. We've got Darby Allen versus Miro for the TNT Championship. Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Winner yeah. getting the world title match a double or nothing. Young Bucks defending the world tag team titles against SCU. A Jade Cargill interview with Tony Schiavone that I'm sure to have opinions about next week. Cody Rhodes <laughs> making a double or nothing announcement, which will probably not be. I'm taking this one off. And of course, <laughs> John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata for the IWGP United States Championship. A killer show on Wednesday. And oh my God, Chris, we've got an hour and 13 minutes and we didn't even really talk about WWE. Mission fucking accomplished, brother. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Oh, hi! Didn't notice you there. My name's Farmer Brown. These days, everyone's concerned as to what's going into their diet. People like farm fresh goods and produce. But have you ever thought to yourself, hmm, I wonder what's going up my ass? That's why I introduce to you Farmer Brown's line of locally sourced sex toys in my new shop, From Farm to Butthole. At Farm to Butthole, you're not going to find chemically laden lubes and things that can cause a UTI. Oh, no, sir. Farmer Brown uses all natural soy milk, cow's cheese, and goat tears to properly grease up that hole of yours. From farm to butthole, each one of our dildos is hand-whittled from fresh northern Colorado mahogany, so you can sleep soundly knowing that you had a nice, natural rogering of your A-hole, V-hole, or your M-hole. Farmer Brown's from farm to butthole. Lord knows what those anal beads are made out of that you're stuffing up your grocery pipe. Well, have you ever tried some farm-fresh cranberries strung with a nice sarsaparilla root? Well, you're going to find that at Farmer Brown's from farm to butthole. Locally sourced, organic, and good for you. And your butthole. At my shop, you don't have to worry about latex or all kinds of silicone condoms. Nope. What we like to do is take an acorn tip and put it on the head of your shit. That's right. It's an acorn condom. Fits right on the head perfectly. Hurts like a motherfucker. Farmer Brown's from farm to butthole. Take a handful of nature. Stuff it up your ass. 